What's this, a new episode in less than a month? That's right, you're listening to WegFans, the semi-regular podcast dedicated to, but unaffiliated with, the greatest grocery store in America, Wegmans. Cheese plates, cured meats, easy meals, I feel complete. Italian classics, fresh organics, prepared foods to suit my moods. Carrot chips and catering, all the joy that food can bring when you're a Weg fan. That's why I'm a Weg fan. You should be a Weg fan. It's time for the podcast for Weg fans. Yeah! Welcome to Weg fans. This is Marcelo, and with me, as always, is my Italian classic, John Serpico. Hey, John. Hey, Marcelo, that's probably the nicest thing anyone has ever said about me. So how you been? Had, had, have you gone to Wegmans this week? You know, I hate to admit it, but the closest I got was the parking lot. It was uh, an absolute madhouse during a morning walk that takes me by Wegmans and during an evening drive that took me by Wegmans. I, I guess I'm just hoping for a nice quiet moment where everyone forgets Wegmans existed, and then I will actually go into Wegmans. <laughs> sure, you just need a quiet moment alone with your boo. That's what it is. Uh, there are just too many people, too many masks, too much pandemic. I want to go back to a simpler time where I could walk empty feeling aisles with a big smile on my face for several hours. That has not, of course, stopped me from ordering multiple deliveries from Wegmans, but I unfortunately have not been inside of the Wegmans since last we chatted. Oh, that's so sad. All right, well, let's get this show going. Okay, our first segment of Weg News is, uh, first of all, there's this website called The Progressive Grocer, which I feel like we should become fans of. I feel like it's got everything we want, uh, progress and groceries. So Those are the two of my three favorite things. From The Progressive Grocer, uh, we have a report that the new American Customer Satisfaction Index is out, and although supermarket scores are down 3.8% overall, the top Two, the top two tied at the top are Wegmans and Trader Joe's at 84%. So this is factoring pandemic, running out of stuff, a grocery apocalypse, Wegmans holding at number one. That's obviously unsurprising, knowing what we know about the greatest supermarket in the world. But it's interesting because that... 3.8% overall reduction in satisfaction is very telling. The water level just kind of dropped for everybody. And so it's nice to know that Wegmans and Trader Joe's didn't drop more precipitously than the rest of the field. And oh, frankly, and were, I'm not surprised. Oh, and there were some big drops. Like Whole Foods was down 4%. Albertsons was down 8% and had the lowest score ever. Since um, 2015. Yeah, if you know, if if you're reading the same uh, the same notes I am, and I think we are, Trader Joe's and Wegmans right at the top, Publix and Costco just a notch below, and that's kind of what you would expect in a top four. All four of those organizations are very, very 
clearly dedicated to the health and safety of both their their customers and their employees. They're famously, famously so. With an Albertsons and a Whole Foods, that is also not surprising. You know, I don't think Albertsons generally wins wins any sort of awards in terms of how they treat, frankly, anybody. And I think ever since the acquisition of Whole Foods by Amazon, I think the let's call it the liberal luster of Whole Foods has been tarnished a bit. And that probably combined with the overall malaise of the pandemic just kind of created a a, a, a a very noxious cocktail for Whole Foods. You know, I, I was surprised at how high Costco was. If I were to compare my experiences in California Trader Joe's and my California experiences in uh, Costco's recently, I definitely feel much more comfortable at a Trader Joe's. Costco still feels a little Wild Westy to me personally. Yeah, I, I think Costco could probably play a little faster and looser, or at least it seems to shoppers that they're playing a little faster and looser because the stores are big, they have lots of ventilation. I'm willing to bet that those two things combine kind of change the calculus so that the stores feel more crowded. Like, whereas there might be some limit in terms of people per square foot in Trader Joe's, that limit is probably higher for Costco because of the environmental factors of a Costco. So it might seem like you're shoulder to shoulder with people as you're trying to buy a pallet of croissants or (laughs) 50 pounds of vitamins or a a vacation or whatever it is you're buying at Costco. But yeah, I, I mean, frankly... I, I, I've gushed about Costco on this podcast almost as often as I've gushed about Wegmans. But the fact of the matter is, I haven't been to Costco once since March. So as much as I love it, based on stories like yours, I'm still not in any rush to, to go. I've been relying entirely on ordering from Costco instead. So- did you feel unsafe in the Costco? Or did it just feel... Was it approaching unsafe or did it jump over the line into full unsafe? Like like I said last episode, sort of right after the pandemic, I legit felt unsafe. Yeah. And then there was a period where we were queuing up outside Costco. People sprayed your cart down for you. I felt more safe during that time. But in the past few months, going to Costco just feels like going to Costco, except people are wearing masks, 30% of them not wearing them properly. Mm. There's no longer any sort of or at least when I go, there's no longer any sort of volume reduction matters. And maybe you said that's just a they have high ceilings and they're much larger than a trader than my local Trader Joe's. But going to Trader Joe's now feels the same as going to Trader Joe's a month into the pandemic, except they have everything you want. So there's no product shortages. Right, right. Like all things considered, when when you look at all of that together, it makes sense that Trader Joe's and Wegmans are tied at the top of this survey. Going to Trader Joe's feels like going to Trader Joe's during a pandemic. There are less people, people are wearing masks, but yeah, you're staring at full shelves, you're able to buy exactly what you want. And frankly, Wegmans is the same. I haven't, in the very few trips I've taken and all of the times I've ordered, there have been only a handful of substitutes or changes to my shopping plan that I've needed to make. And I think there's Probably a couple of different things. I'm I'm willing to bet that Trader Joe's and Wegmans have great behind-the-scenes logistics. I also think that wholesale suppliers and... Yeah, I mean, Trader Joe's is famous for having 
great relationships with its vendors and exclusive uh, relationships with its vendors. For example, they'll sell beer that's, you know, labeled Trader Joe's beer, but it's actually from a local brewery. They have those supply chains open. Right, right. Yeah, it's easier for Trader Joe's to kind of scale up with its with its folks because of the exclusivity contracts, the fact that they're doing all white label stuff. It, it's really a very, very interesting study in you know how to run a supermarket is virtually everything in Trader Joe's is Trader Joe's branded. And they're buying exclusive contracts with these exclusive vendors and they're going to slap their name on it and and go from there. So they probably have a lot more influence over all that upstream stuff that they that they're worrying about with the supply chain. I think with Wegmans, it's probably more a result of the American manufacturing infrastructure changing overall. Like Trader Joe's is doing well because of the inherent advantage they have by being Trader Joe's. I think Wegmans is doing well due to a mix of their good logistics and also good, let's say, macroeconomics. But I've gone to Target plenty of times and seen no disinfecting wipes. You know, they're still rationing paper goods at the Target near me. At Wegmans, there's there's no such thing in, in the one near me. And I think that's very impressive. So there's, they're certainly doing better than the field. But I also think the field is getting a little better as well. All right. Next up on Weg News, a little update on a story we covered almost two years ago. The Wegmans has finally opened in the Triangle in North Carolina. And people can go to the Cary Wegmans. So our friends Nate and Casey can go to their own Wegmans. Now you've been to the Triangle. How would your experience have been improved with the Wegmans there? You know, it absolutely would have been improved. I have realized as, I guess as I've vacationed, as I've gotten older, that there is a lot of comfort to be had by going to a supermarket. Um, You know, whether you're in a hotel room with a mini fridge or not, just the, there's something very stabilizing about walking into a grocery store because it just breaks up the admittedly pleasant monotony of just going out to eat at restaurants again and again and again. Obviously, the Triangle area of North Carolina is a very cool area. It's fun. It's interesting. But having a 100,000 square foot Wegmans there will make it better, just demonstrably better. Yeah, Nate, Casey, and anyone else from that area that is listening, uh, get over there if you haven't been yet. I just wanted to point out a few things from the article on the Progressive Grocer. Again, great website. Mm -hmm. Here's a quote. Shoppers grab tongs with their bare hands and serve themselves chocolate chip cookies and bagels from the self-serve bakery case. A woman and her grandson headed for one of the store's many restaurants to sample, yes, sample, Carolina pulled pork. (laughs) Obviously, that must be a state of North Carolina thing, but... I would not take, would you take a sample? What would have to be offered as a sample for you to take a sample right now? A vaccine? (laughs) (laughs) There are very few things. (laughs) There, There are not that many things that I would cluster around with a group of strangers to have dropped into my hand and ultimately fed into my face. Especially, and here's the amazing thing. They're in North Carolina where they can get Carolina pulled pork anywhere and at any time, but they chose to go to a giant supermarket. One, I, I think 
two two things that are interesting about that. One, it is a testament to how good Wegmans prepared foods is that you are in the Carolina pulled pork capital of the world and you still are getting it for free from a supermarket. And two, you know, I think there is a beautiful kind of normalcy to pandemic or not just showing up and getting a free sample. I wouldn't have done that, but (laughs) I can certainly understand the appeal. One thing actually that does stand out here is the reference to the store's many restaurants. Now, that is oh, yeah. something that I've I've really loved about this, you know, most recent evolution of Wegmans. It's, you know, I, I liken putting restaurants into Wegmans to Camden Yards being the first modern, like, retro ballpark, you know, mm-hmm. where all of a sudden a couple of Wegmans started putting in, you know, like a beer garden or, you know, a burger bar or something like that. And then all of a sudden every Wegman said, wait a minute, yeah, let's make this place a destination. The, you know, the Wegmans near me in Medford, Massachusetts has a huge sit-down cafeteria area. They have a burger bar, they have a pizza station, they have a sushi station. But the Wegmans in Burlington has honest-to-goodness sit-down restaurants. The Wegmans in Rick- the Richmond, Virginia area, I think it's technically Short Pump, where my, my nephews live, they have a full sit-down restaurant with waiter service. The one in uh, Newton, Massachusetts has, uh, has restaurants as well. So, you know, and it's not just all, you know, Wegmans presents. You know, it's, it's places that feel different, feel distinct. It's almost like... You are in a mall and walking from the mall into, you know, like a cheesecake factory or something, like something that is distinct and feels distinct. So don't know the next time it will be safe for me to go to Raleigh, North Carolina, but my first stop will probably be to that Wegmans to see the the cavalcade of, of restaurants and restaurant branding they have going on. Just a quick note from the same article. 10% of Wegmans' annual nearly $10 billion in sales is from food service. So this has become a huge part of their business. Yeah, let's think about the simple math of that. If Wegmans was a restaurant chain, it would be a $1 billion a year restaurant chain. Yeah. That's huge. The amazing thing about having a billion-dollar food service company is that wrapped around it is a $9 billion grocery store chain. That's that's really amazing. That number, you know, I was generally aware of it, but just to, to hear that, to hear that Wegmans, as part of its empire, does a billion dollars worth of food service is absolutely awesome. The number one, you know, sort of business chain is McDonald's. And they make $36 billion in U.S. sales. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the fact that Wegmans is 136th of McDonald's, which is everywhere, is very impressive. They're 3% the size of McDonald's. But you know what? If you looked at a map and reduced the number of McDonald's by 97%, there are still plenty of McDonald's around. You know what I mean? (laughs) So to to get that sense of scale, that's probably, oh, I'd have to look it up because I'm just going to be spouting random numbers that I don't know. I feel like that's probably the same size as a White Castle, maybe, with all of their locations. I Maybe that's the Sonic-sized, you know? It's really impressive. It just okay. happens to be part of Wegmans. I got some numbers for you. Ooh. It's, it's half a Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel does over $2 billion. Mm-hmm. 
it's a little less than the Golden Corral. So somewhere, so it's in the in the neighborhood of a Golden Corral. Think about that. Golden Golden Corral's a national chain. They advertise on television, and Wegmans, as not even the number one thing it does, has food service that's in the same general weight class as Golden Corral. Just in terms of scale, that that's really so impressive. And finally, in WEG news, I saw that in upstate New York, they're selling special limited time Josh Allen cereal called Josh Jacks. For those who don't know, Josh Allen is the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. Now, I am not a football fan, John, so I don't know much about Josh Allen. But is he the type of person that would entice you to eat some cereal? No. No, not at all. (laughs) Josh Allen is a perfectly decent quarterback, but, you know, he's not a generational talent or anything. And I feel like Josh Allen isn't unique enough or cool enough to have the, you know, the whimsical appeal of like a Flutie Flakes. Oh, yeah. Flutie Flakes. That's what I was thinking of. Flutie Flakes. Definitely. He's like small. He throws crazy long passes. He tries to, he's just a, he's just a character. Yeah, you know, Flutie Flakes is, you know, an homage to a truly unique football player. A football player that you're probably never going to see the like of again. I think Doug Flutie was listed at like 5'10 or 5'11, but I saw him once at a, uh, at a baseball game and I was able to make eye contact with him without raising my head. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not a terribly tall guy. So the fact of the matter is, this is a dude that is probably five foot seven that played professional football as a quarterback after having arguably the most memorable play in all of college sports. That's exactly the kind of person you want on a whimsical limited run serial. Josh Allen, who is a decent passer that looks kind of like every other quarterback that stays in the pocket and throws the ball. Like that's not Why, you know, what I think it is, is probably more a result of the fact that the Buffalo Bills have been, well, awful at football since Jim Kelly retired. So that's, I think they, they, they see a winning team. They see a good quarterback and they say, you know what? Let's put this on a cereal. We in Buffalo don't make things anymore. You know, Kodak is gone. We can at least make this cereal. (laughs) Oh, that's bleak. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't expect to be dunking on the city of Buffalo, but here I am dunking on Buffalo. All right, it's time for your favorite part of the episode. John Serpico brings you the review. Okay, so in our last podcast, you know, we we talked about essentially Wegman's delivery via DoorDash and That was more of a review of a concept, and it involved a lot of kind of speculation on our parts. So to to swing things back around, to actually review something tangible, I wanted to be informed by the time of year and the surroundings. And, you know, in New England, it's getting colder, the days are getting shorter. And so, you know, for me, that means soup season. It's time for hearty soups and stews. And so... There are two uh, soups that I wanted to review. Both of these soups you could get either packaged or from the hot food bar 
Your mileage may vary due to pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. And those two soups are the lobster bisque, which is great, and I'll talk more about that, and also just a, a soup that really is indicative of Wegman's creativity, the turkey lasagna soup. Huh. Yeah. Now, I, I almost want to get the lobster bisque out of the way so I could talk about the turkey lasagna soup. So I had lobster bisque uh, for lunch today, and it was very tasty. It was the kind of lobster bisque you would get at, like, a pub. If you ever go to, like, a fancy steakhouse, every fancy steakhouse has lobster bisque. And usually the presentation in a classic fancy steakhouse is they'll bring you a bowl that has, like, a quarter pound of lobster meat in it. And then they'll pour the bisque over the lobster meat and make a whole big show of this table-side service. And so you have chunks of huge chunks of lobster and all of that stuff. But like a pub lobster bisque is a lot like a New England clam chowder. Tiny little bits of lobster, but a lot of lobster flavor. Nothing too big, everything finely diced. And so that's really what this lobster bisque was. It was thicker than a soup, but thinner than a chowder. Plenty of lobster flavor, exactly what I would expect. Not a... By any stretch, the finest lobster bisque you'll ever eat in your life. But the fact of the matter is you got lobster from a supermarket and it was delicious. So that's that's my take on that lobster bisque. I had it in a bowl with a couple of pieces of Wegmans garlic bread. And it was just what the doctor ordered. Okay, so all I can think of and all anyone listening can think of is what the heck is turkey lasagna soup? Oh my God, it is... It sounds like an abomination. It it sounds like an abomination. What was it like? So my Italian food bona fides are pretty robust. I am Italian through and through. Everyone in my family is from Jersey City. You know, we all, you know, are wearing thick gold chains all the time. And we can't help but call things gabagool. Even stuff that isn't gabagool we'll call gabagool. And... And so to to think that there is a traditional Italian-American dish that has somehow been converted into a soup, that, that seems like blasphemy. But and not, means, only, yeah. not only is it the soup, it, a soup version, it's the turkey meat version of is turned into a soup. So exactly. it's double bastardized. Exactly. So, you know, a an ultra-traditional, like, Italian-American lasagna. You, you know, you, you would use the Holy Trinity. You'd use uh, beef, pork, and veal. You'd, you know, simmer, you know, onions and garlic and even some really minced-up carrots to make your marinara sauce. You mix it all together. You layer the pasta. You do this, that, and the other and make Nona's lasagna, the kind of lasagna you get to eat, like, one Sunday a month at your grandma's house at like 2.30 in the afternoon. So there's obviously no way to capture that in a soup. I would eat my own hat if they could capture that in a soup. But unfortunately, Marcelo, I had to eat my own hat. Uh, eat my own hat. This was grandma's lasagna in soup form. What? It, That's it, crazy. I am as stunned as you are. It smells like an Italian grandma's house. The second you take it out of your microwave or you ladle it out of the hot food bar, you smell it. And it, for me, it just takes me right back to being nine or 10 years old and at like my grandma Rose and grandpa John's house. And there's this big Italian feast there. And yeah, I mean, they, they did it right. It's a, 
in essence, a tomato soup with a small, beautifully cooked lasagna noodles, a nice, you know, simmered up uh, turkey sausage in there, vegetables. It's it's not overloaded with anything that you would not find in a lasagna. It's really everything you would get in a traditional Italian-American lasagna, only more tomato sauce. And that's what you got. And it is a little piece of heaven. I have never been as happy with a soup as I have been with this specific soup. Speechless. I'm speechless. I was mad at myself for how much I like this soup. <laughs> I, got, I just, got angry. Just all your Italian-American cred vanished. You can change your name to John Serp. I got a phone call no from the vowels. ghost of Fiorello LaGuardia, <laughs> and he cursed a blue streak at me and then then returned to the tomb. <laughs> and now it's time for the burning question. And now it's time for the burning question. Every episode, we take on the burning question for you to consider and discuss amongst yourselves or with us on Twitter and Facebook. Now, we need another piece of WEG news to set the table for this. In Brighton, New York, two local groups, the Brighton Grassroots and Save Monroe Avenue, who are long opposed to the development of a Whole Foods, are thanking Wegmans for providing them financial support. So Wegmans was shadow financing two groups to oppose the construction of a Whole Foods. And it's been long rumored, but Wegmans finally confirmed that they had contributed to those organizations. So my question to you, John, is... Give me your pitch for the Wegmans corporate espionage indie movie or Netflix series. Okay. Tracking shot of black SUVs driving through Brighton, New York. You know, overhead drone footage, quick cuts as these SUVs round corners. They pull into this parking lot and under single streetlight group of Really tough-looking folks get out of these SUVs. They hand dossiers to young, scrappy community activists. And they say <laughs> something like, this is what you're looking for. Go get them, young people. I give you the Wegmen, an elite <laughs> intelligence agency that focuses entirely on undermining the proliferation of Whole Foods markets. <laughs> All right, so who are we seeing? Who's the head? Who's? Do you have an idea who you want to play? Which uh, man or woman you want to play the head Wegman? I, I think Dame Helen Mirren is an obvious choice for chief. She's got the gravitas, just the range. She could do it all. Uh, I so I see you know a lot of you know a lot of meetings with 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 Dame Helen Mirren at like a, a, a mahogany desk in a a book lined room. You know, there's just like a stock ticker behind her, but it's only just Amazon stock price just every five seconds. <laughs> All right, that's that's pretty good. All right, so I went a little I went a little off script for this. I'm thinking more of a, like a Netflix series and in the style of like maybe an Ozark, except it's about Trevor Wegman. And if there really is a Trevor Wegman, I apologize. In my mind, there's a is a fictional person named Trevor Wegman, and he's like kind of the black sheep of the Wegman family. And he keeps on trying to prove to himself that he can be a good Wegman, but just keeps on messing it up. So he does stuff like shadow fund this group. It makes Wegmans look bad. Then he tries to do something else on top of that. And everything he does 
just makes everything worse. And the key to this is that Trevor Wegman, my fictional Wegman, is played by Matthew Lillard from the Scream franchise. Wow. Oh, that is inspired casting. Because he just always looks like somebody that's just not doing it right. He just seems like, especially in his adult self, not in his Scream self, just evokes a, a level of sliminess that is, I just want to watch this guy mess up his and everyone else's life for 10 hours. Yeah, but his intentions are good, you know? He wants to prove himself to his family. He he wants to to, to, to carry on the name. And yeah, there's something about casting a an actor in his 40s that played a series of goofballs in his like 20s that is really really brilliant because it's no longer that oh he's he's young he'll figure it out no 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 he's in his 40s he has not figured it out yeah but he's still trying so hard but he just can't succeed despite himself you know yeah it's almost like his success is entirely accidental and and i love that like a like a series of uh like a comedy of errors that ultimately leads to Wegman's becoming stronger or Whole Foods becoming weaker almost by accidents. You know, it's uh, you know, a, I'm, a, I'm a big bouncing off of Jose Canseco's head becoming a home run kind of thing. I'm imagining that at the end of season one, there's an homage to Godfather part one where Trevor Wegman is standing outside of the doors just closed in his face. And he's just banned from the Wegman's offices and has to go out on his own. Ooh, yeah, he will like walk the earth, founding, you know, gorilla Wegmans everywhere. <laughs> it just it just turns into uh, the grocery version of Kung Fu, just Trevor Wegman wandering the earth. Yeah, it's like a it's like a backpack full of possessions and just just helping people get reasonably priced groceries from. <laughs> You know, appropriately compensated employees. Yeah, I'm in. I would pay nine ninety nine uh, a month for whatever service offers this show. <laughs> All right, that idea is free out there if you want it. <laughs> Peacock, Weg, Netflix, Wegmans, whoever wants it. Wegflix. <laughs> oh, Serpico. I'm sorry. This has been Weg Fans, the unaffiliated Wegmans fan cast. This episode has been produced and edited by me because we have no budget. Marcelo, you are like the fine base of tomato soup that the turkey lasagna soup is made in. All of our music was composed and performed by the great band Minus World. Check them out at MinusWorldBand.com or on Facebook and Twitter. They're like the wholesome lasagna noodles that give it its body. And of course, big thanks to frontline worker... Dr. Dan Chapman for wishing this podcast into existence. He's like those little ground turkey crumbles that give the turkey lasagna soup its much-needed protein. Want more WEG fans in your life? Follow us on Facebook at WEG fans Podcast, on Twitter at WEG underscore fans, and our email is WEGFANSPODCAST at gmail.com. To get new episodes automatically, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and now we're on Spotify! Thank you, Spotify! or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, rate and review us. Hopefully make it good, like a nice turkey lasagna soup. (laughs) Well, that's all for this week. Say goodbye to the people, John. Goodbye to the people, John. And remember, Wegmans is probably not conspiring against you.
Probably. Salad.